Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You'll see the focus. Number one, write it down. We're to be ready for the return of Jesus. We're to be ready for the return of Jesus. But there's one other thing, and I'll expand on it in a moment. This rapture, when we're taken up, has never occurred yet. So what we're reading this morning is 2,000 years ago. Billions of people have come. Since the rapture didn't happen, should they be ready for anything else? It's called death. Throughout the Bible, God called people to repent to change the direction of their lives and begin to follow Him. Both John the Baptist and Jesus had the same message for the Jews first, then the Gentiles. Pastor Mark will be teaching from Luke 12, where Jesus speaks about the need for repentance before it's too late. By too late, Jesus means either death or His second return. Jesus uses the metaphor of a bridegroom preparing for his wedding and the unpredictability of his arrival to impress upon his listeners the necessity of being prepared at all times for his return. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message, Be Ready for Jesus' Return. A few weeks ago, when Hurricane Matthew was coming, when we had the warning that there was a hurricane coming, what did the world of people do? Well, they didn't ignore the warning. We got ready for the storm. Say those words, got ready. Here we go, got ready. We got ready for the storm. We stocked up on supplies. We readied our houses. We put our crazy shields up, the yards and things, brought flowers into the garage, all the stuff we all did together. And then we kept up to date every day Kind of, what's the latest forecast? What's it look like? And so when it finally came, we were prepared and ready. Well, that's what Jesus is going to talk about today. Now, normally I don't do this, but the way I teach our pastors to teach is to ask yourself three questions as you're studying. What is God? This is kind of tell you, here we are in about 50 minutes, 55 minutes when I get done, maybe 56, maybe 50, whenever we get done, where will we end up? Here's what we know. So what does God want you to know today? Well, Jesus is going to teach this, that he is coming back. And when he comes back, believers and unbelievers are going to be judged. So what should we do? Well, be ready by being faithful and wise with our time, our talents, our possessions, those treasures that we've sent up to heaven. So how should I feel? Normally people say, Well, if I hear a warning, I'm like not too happy about that. Anybody glad you had a warning about the hurricane? (laughs) Hello. Yeah, because it was important. Well, you're going to hear a warning today from Jesus. And here's what to feel. Thankful that we have a God who loves us 
equips us and he warns us. See, we don't know the future. So as you turn, the main key that Jesus is going to talk about is his second coming. His second coming, coming back to earth. Let's look at Acts chapter one, verse nine. You're right there in your Bibles. And after he said this, remember, Jesus was already went to the cross, resurrected. He's going now to heaven and his disciples are watching this. As he said this, Jesus said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. And they were looking intently into the sky as he was going, as he's being translated instantly to heaven. When suddenly two men dressed in white angels stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here just looking up in the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back. Say it with me. Will come back in the same way you've seen him going to heaven. Now we know from scripture there are two phases to the second coming of Jesus. Here we're reading this morning the first coming of Jesus came to earth. After he did what he was to do, go to the cross and pay for our sins, he went back to heaven. So there's two phases. I'm not going to go into them this morning. We don't have time. This is not the focus of the teaching. But the first coming will be for the church. We call that the rapture. It happens immediately. Christians are immediately removed from the earth. And we went through that when we were in the book of Daniel. Then seven years later, by the way, rapture, the secret taking away, there's no timing for it. We have no idea. When that's going to come. Because it's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye. Now the second coming will be seven years later. This is when Jesus comes with the church. With you and me. And he comes to defeat the Antichrist. Destroy evil. Get rid of voting. I just threw that out there for you. Hallelujah. I'll just wait for that one right now. And establish his millennial kingdom. So you and I will be coming with him. So what Jesus is going to do today. Understand this. Two things. You'll see the focus. Number one, write it down. We're to be ready for the return of Jesus. We're to be ready for the return of Jesus. But there's one other thing, and I'll expand on it in a moment. This rapture, when we're taken up, has never occurred yet. So what we're reading this morning is 2,000 years ago. Billions of people have come. Since the rapture didn't happen, should they be ready for anything else? It's called death. You see, the latest statistics are pretty clear. One out of one dies. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to die. Go ahead, just tell me. I'm going to die. That's all I have to say. Have a nice week. Should I be prepared for my death? Of course. And you'll see that. So we're going to talk about the second coming. But for the rest of us, if it doesn't happen right now, I'm probably going to die. I might die. I'm not if the rapture comes this afternoon. Praise God. We're gone. But I need to be prepared for my death. Now, before, when we get to heaven, here's something that many people don't know. Here's how to be ready. Romans 14, 12. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. This is a performance review. A work review for each of us. For us as Christians, we will not be judged for our sins. They were taken care of at Calvary. And for unbelievers, they will be judged by their sins and separated from God forever. They have no chance of going to heaven because the wages of sin is death, separation from God. But for us, I'm going to be judged not for my sin, 
But every Christian, every Christ following in here is going to be judged. Watch what we're going to be judged for. When God created you, he created you with potential. Time, talents, possessions, abilities, giftings, so that we would use those time and talents and giftings and resources to touch other people's lives, spiritually, physically, lots of things. We're light and salt. We're to be doing good things to people. Now, here's God's potential. Let's say this is you and me this morning. Let me just say one thing. No Christian will ever meet God's potential. I'd like to say I would, but none of us will ever get that close. So here we are. And you'll see in our parable with Jesus today, some people, they don't really use their talent. They only think about themselves. They show up to church once every eight, 10 weeks. Hey, I made my little check off, whatever. No, that ain't going to make it. That ain't going to make it. So what Jesus is going to talk about is you don't want to stand before God and go, man, I failed the performance review. And you'll see there's rewards in heaven. So here's my potential. Here's God's potential for me. What I'm going to be judged at, at what's the gap between how God designed me and what he had planned for me? And I never accomplished it because I was too selfish. Use my own things. You'll see. I want to keep reducing the gap. So it's not a judgment. We're already in heaven, but I am going to have a performance review, and absolutely so are you. So just turn to your neighbor and say this, God is going to hold me accountable. Go right ahead. Just tell him, God is going to hold me accountable. So how can I reduce the gap? How can I reduce the gap? Here's what James says. Do not merely listen to the word. And so deceive yourself. See, some people say, well, if I'm in church, if I'm listening to the word, got it. No, 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 it's not good enough. Do what it says. You see, it's a great thing to hear the word of God. You're hearing it this morning. I'm hearing it. But knowing the word is not enough. There's a big contrast from a person who listens to the word and a person who listens and then obeys. Listening to the word will not reduce the gap. Doing the word reduces the gap. So as I'm teaching this morning, a warning from Jesus, it's a loving warning, but it's true. So we not only listen, we want to absolutely be doing what Jesus says. Now he gives us three illustrations and he's going to use two terms basically. They're illustrations in his day. First one's a marriage. You'll see what it looks like. Look at verse, Luke, go to Luke chapter 12. Look at verse 35. Now remember he's teaching his disciples, you and me, He's teaching a bunch of people, about 10,000 people that are just deciding whether they should follow him or not. And of course, then we have the Jewish Pharisees, the Jewish religious people who really don't believe in Jesus. So he's teaching all three of these. Now, this is a picture of a wedding. Verse 35, Luke 12. Be dressed. Here's that word again. Ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. Like servants waiting for their master, which would be Jesus. To return from a wedding banquet. So he's just, he's out at a wedding banquet. So that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. Now it will be good for those servants, you and me, whose master Jesus finds them watching. We're ready. We know he's coming back. When he comes, truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. He will then let them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. Verse 38, it will be good. We've seen this twice. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready 
even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward the daybreak. So look at me. Here's a picture. Jesus is the master of the house. We're the servants. We're ministering to people, blessing people, actively witnessing in the gospel. And But we know behind all of this that Jesus is coming back. So we're aware of it. So Jesus teaches us we should be ready to serve basically 24-7. Whenever an opportunity comes to minister to people. Because the only thing that outdoes this world that's eternal is people and the word of God. So we take our time and minister to people. Now look at this verse in 1 Corinthians 4. So then, men ought to regard us as servants... There's no special people here. We're just servants. Servants of Christ. And as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust. God's given us these talents. I'm responsible for them. Must prove faithful. So here's what I want you to write down. Every Christ follower is not only a servant. We are a servant. But here's something that you probably don't know. And a steward. A manager. We're to have the attitude of a servant, humbly working for God. What a joy it is to work for God, because he's blessed us. It's a joy to be a Christian. Now, remember, everything you have comes as a gift from God. Your resources, your talents, your time, every one of those things comes as a gift from God. Now, notice this. A steward is a manager. What am I managing? Everything God's given me. What has he given me? Your time, your talents, your opportunities, your gifts. So I'm managing it and my money. I'm managing that to be a good, faithful manager. I'm not just serving God and people, but I'm managing his resources. Now, when you see that, here's what you want to write. Look at this. We own nothing, but we're managers of everything. He said, well, Pastor Mark, man, I have money. I have a 401k. I've worked 22 years hard at it, but I own that. Uh, Sorry. Everything you have came to you because of God's goodness. My time, my talents, my blessings, God owns it all. So earlier in this chapter of chapter 12, Jesus warned his disciples. There would be two dangers that would keep people from being really good managers. We'd get sidetracked. Now, let me just give you the two that we studied. Two weeks ago, we studied this one. If I'm not careful, instead of being a faithful manager, I'll let greed ruin my life. You see, every person here, my sinful nature is to be a taker. My godly nature is to be a giver. So when you mention money in the church, you know what happens to people in the church? They start sweating. He's going to talk about money today. Taker. That was a joke. You didn't laugh because you're guilty. No, what Jesus says, be careful because you should be a generous giver, not just the money, time, talents, all of those things. Now, the second thing he said is, don't waste your time worrying. God will provide. So we worry. And so I'm worried about myself. Or all We all have worries. He said, Pastor Mark, why does God say, don't worry? Because we all worry. He says, it's a waste of time. Remember the rocking chair? Mm, I'm worrying. Eh, how far are you going? Nowhere. I just wasted my time. So 
I came up with this because Jesus mentions this in the parable. See, as we're living, we're planting. As you're here this morning, you're hearing the word of God. The word of God in this parable is like a seed. It's going down into your heart, what I'm teaching you today. Jesus teaches. It's going down to your heart. And from that should come production. I should be following it. I should be obeying it. Fruit, more fruit, much fruit. But watch what it says. Still others like seeds sown among thorns. They hear the word. That's people in our church services. They hear the word. But look at the two things that interfere with doing, being a good manager. But the worries of this life, the very same thing. And the deceitfulness of wealth, money, 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 take her, take her, take her, take her. And the desire for other things come in and choke the word. And so I'm not a good manager at all because I'm worried about things, which means I don't trust God. And number two, I'm here because I want to get all I can. Well, life doesn't consist in the abundance of things. So a manager is to have the attitude of God, not to worry and not to be a taker, but be a giver. Now watch it. I love verse 39. Look at it. Jesus says this, but understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have not let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, not for a thief, but it's talking about Jesus coming back instantly. We don't know. You must also be ready because the son of man will come in an hour When you do not expect him. Now, you'll see the stupidity of this. Let me do the opposite. Jesus says to this group of people, and he says to you and me this morning, a thief always calls the owner before he comes to rob the house. For instance, you're at home and you get a call. And the man says, who am I speaking to? I'm the owner of this house. Well, I just want to tell you, it's seven o'clock. My group and I are coming to rob your house. Have a good day. That's stupid. Nobody would ever do that. Now, a thief doesn't announce when he's coming. Nobody knows when the rapture's coming. So how do I have to be prepared? 24-7. It's not like, well, God's coming tomorrow. Okay, I got to get really busy today. Let's see what I can do. I'm ready. No, you don't know when it's coming. You don't know when it's coming. So we're to be ready. We're to be managers all the time, faithful, because we know what's happening. Now, I'll bring the balance to you. Many of us will never see the rapture unless God comes sooner. For the last 2,000 years, nobody's seen the rapture. But everybody through the last 2,000 years has done what? They've died. So should I be just as ready for my death as I am for the rapture? Oh, Pastor Mark, I'm 19. So we see that. All the time. We see it all the time. So I should be ready for my death. Now, what does that mean? Well, I should be ready because there's only two destinations. I should be ready to go to heaven. Some of you, oh, you're not ready to die. Well, Pastor Mark, I'll get ready when there's time. There may be no time. So you want to get ready. By the way, why would you wait? Serving Jesus Christ is the greatest lifestyle in all the world. It absolutely is. Now, Linda and I, we were watching this show the other night. It was a preview or something. And I can't say it'll all be good, but I fell in love with it. It's called Pure Genius. 
It's a medical kind of deal. And Linda and I, you know, I was a fireman, says my wife's a nurse. And so we're like in, the, and our kids are ultrasound and a working open heart, my, my son. So we're all like medical people. And it's about this amazing story. It's a little 25th century, whatever stuff, but it's just amazing the things they have. You can see it coming in our life. And they have television screen. They can look at you with a little watch here and you can have an ultrasound. Boop, done. Here it is. Here's the result. Here's your EKG without getting on the machine and going like this. It's right there. It's just amazing. And they're curing people all over the place. And it's just fantastic. And we really enjoyed the show. And then I said to my wife, well, it really doesn't matter because we're all going to die anyway. Is that true? You know, one out of one. What did I tell you? One out of one dies. It's never changed. So even though that's fantastic, I love it. And I'd like to live it longer too with that kind of thing. But eventually you're going to die. So you're going to have to see what Jesus says. No thief's going to call you and say, uh, you're going to die tomorrow. No, you don't know. So you want to be ready, prepared and ready. Now, verse 41, Peter's always the voice that's speaking out of the 12. Peter asks, Lord, are you telling this parable to us? Or to everyone. Remember, there's unbelievers, there's Jewish people that don't believe, there's a disciple. He doesn't answer. Look what he says. The Lord answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager? Look at me. Are you a faithful and wise manager? Are you reducing the gap? That's what Jesus is saying. Whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them food allowance at the proper time. So here's what Jesus says. This is a challenge to you and me. Be a faithful and wise manager. That's why we're here. Simply be a faithful, manage your time, your possessions, your money, your gifting. Use that time wisely for the kingdom of God. Now look at verse 43. It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. Now, some people have the wrong attitude. When they say, be ready, be waiting, here's what they say. You know, well, I have my devotions today. It's 7 a.m. Good. Is it a good thing to have devotions? Hello? That's a good thing. You go back to that person and you come home in the afternoon and you say, I'm stopping by to see you again. How are you doing? And he's been eight hours doing his devotions. And you say to him, well, what are you going to do tonight? I'm going to do my devotions. What have you done today? Nothing. I'm obeying God. I'm waiting. I'm ready for whenever he comes back. That is not what he means. Ready means I'm going to be active doing what he told me to do. It's good to read the Bible. You can't sit there all day long and read the Bible. Here's what some people do. Pastor Mark, I came to church today. Isn't that wonderful? It is. Thank you so much. What are you going to do with the other six days? I should manage what God gives me. Now that we have a better understanding of what it means to repent, we need to be sure that we have done so. As Pastor Mark taught today, there's no way we can enter the kingdom of God without having first repented of our sins. Because we don't know how much time we have left on this earth, we should be sure this business has been taken care of. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. In the next part of Pastor Mark's message, we'll learn more about what repentance is and what it involves, which is primarily a redirection of our will away from sin and self and towards God and serving others. We'll also begin to hear about fig trees and fruit and how this relates to God's working in our lives. There's a lot to learn, so be sure to be here. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.